1: it in an interesting day with everything going on with President Biden. It has just been insane. First of all, in New York City, he was up here for an interview with MSNBC. And this was one of the more bizarre moments that I have seen in an interview with the president. Because, listen, he's done a whole bunch of interviews in the past. And, you know, he's done, uh, what, thousands over the years. And, you know, when someone's talking to you, you always kind of wait. Well, she hadn't finished talking to him. And he suddenly sort of walks off in the middle of a live interview. She looks like, okay. well, I guess we're wrapping up. It was just such a bizarre, strange moment. But it just sort of fits everything that has been going on with President Biden and we're going to talk about that tonight on The Rita Cosby Show, a whole bunch more, too. Also, a series of gaffes. He was asked at the White House, hey, what is the latest with President Putin? What do you think's happening, you know, with Russia and everything that's going on with the war? And then he starts talking about the war in Iraq. It's like, uh, no, he is fighting Ukraine. I mean, this is really frightening. Here we have a president who's 80 years old. He kind of walks off suddenly at the end of an interview that's live on MSNBC. Uh, and then he can't remember if it's Ukraine or if it's Iraq that Russia's having a war with right now. That is a major issue. And what scares the heck out of me is think about what's going on when people are behind closed doors. You imagine what world leaders are thinking. Do you know how crazy and how cuckoo that looks? Here you are. You're in the middle of all these things going on. There's so many tensions and such sensitivities, and he can't even figure out which country that we're at war with. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What are your thoughts and how concerned should Democrats and should Americans in general be of this president? I'm just going to say it. He is mentally not fit. There are clearly issues that are going on with this president, and it is becoming more and more and more apparent Every single day. As things are developing, he can't keep his dates straight. He can't keep his facts straight. He continues to be belligerent when people are asking him, you know, what do you think about all these issues surrounding Hunter Biden? And boy, it was a doozy of a day there. But he just can't even figure out which country we're at war with. And he can't figure out the history of wars. He can't figure out um, who is the prime minister of India. He confused him the other day by saying he's the prime minister of China. I mean, these are serious major issues. And this whole thing, especially when he was confusing Russia and Ukraine with Russia fighting Iraq right now, uh, that's really scary. Can you imagine? You are in suddenly... A back room and you're talking to a world leader and you've got President Biden there talking with him about a whole bunch of different stuff. And suddenly he's like, well, the war with Iraq or I think you should do this to Iraq. What? I thought we were dealing with Ukraine. I mean, these are not just minor mistakes anymore. These are huge mistakes, and it makes us look stupid. It makes him look stupid, and it makes the you know Democrats look downright deceptive that they are continuing to put on the charade that this guy is our commander-in-chief and that there's no worries there, nothing to see there. I mean, that is a really scary premise, and we just need to be honest and say he is absolutely not fit right now to be commander-in-chief. I mean, just forget the Democratic Party for the good of the nation. How are we going to deal with this until Election Day? And he's got a rigorous campaign coming up. I mean, any campaign for president, even though he's going to try to hide in the basement like he did last go around, is going to just be nuts. I mean, how can you expect the American public to have any faith in the judicial system and the presidency if suddenly he's just going to stay hiding out in the basement like he's been doing all along? I just think it is time to be able to be honest and say, this guy is not ready for prime time. What are your thoughts, everybody? And is it just becoming abundantly clear that his mental capacity has just been decreasing over and over and over again? And there's these moments where he just looks so fogged out. And again, I've known President Biden. I met President Biden. I think it was like 1995 for the very—actually, I should say— I I met President Biden when I was in college. I actually met President Biden in the 1980s when I was in college. And he is a shell of the person that he was then. And even when I got to Washington, D.C., when I was senior correspondent for Fox Network, covering the White House and everything else, this is not the spunky guy that we saw also in the debate against Paul Ryan Every week, there's some like major, major mistake. And he doesn't even listen. Everybody makes verbal slips, but he doesn't correct himself. And if you look at his face when he's making these things and these bizarre comments that are so completely out of touch, he doesn't look like, oh, did I make a mistake? Oh, gosh, let me correct myself. You know, look, he's probably got a lot on his mind. Every president has a lot. And everybody, you know, doesn't matter what the age, sometimes makes a a gaffe. But he doesn't correct himself. And he also just downright just kind of keeps on going, like doesn't realize that he even made a mistake. And it scares me for our country that this guy is going to be sitting sometime in a room with Putin, or he's going to be sitting with Kim Jong Un, or he's going to be sitting with Xi Jinping. And suddenly he's going to say the absolute wrong thing, like, oh, yeah, it's okay to go to war with Taiwan. Uh, Or good job of what you're doing in uh, Ukraine, you know, Vladimir. I mean, some bizarre comment that you're just going to go, what? Uh, That's going to cause some major international crises. I mean, it is just really, really scary. How concerned are you? Are you as concerned as I am? Because I am really terrified. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And Kane's point was this bizarre moment where he walks off at the end of this interview with MSNBC. He's doing an interview with Nicole Wallace, who used to work actually for the Republicans, including George W. Bush and Senator John McCain. And she talked with him about a variety of topics, including also, by the way, of course, the big Supreme Court decision. We're going to talk about that later on today in the show. Of course, that was a biggie uh, where basically it determined that it is an outlaw. Now, it is not allowed uh, to use race as a deciding factor for college admissions. There's ways to get around it. Uh, but I call it a good day for fairness in America. Obviously, you want to hear people's story, and we're going to get into all of that, uh, why it's important to also highlight and also, I think, uh herald and also help those who have overcome tremendous odds if they show that they're determined and have ability and care and want to make a difference. I think there's ways to get around it, but... I think on the surface, this is a great day for the Supreme Court. And we're going to talk about why that is important. Biden there on that one. It was interesting. Maybe it's like at a certain time, like his body clock or the meds wear off. I'm not sure what's going on. Because right after the decision came down for the Supreme Court, he was kind of fumbling and bumbling. And he was slurring his words a bit. There was no doubt about it. It was like the Supreme Court, right? You got that, right? But. There were also some moments of clarity that were just a little bizarre, too, because he clearly is going to be using the Supreme Court decision. Also, you can tell in the campaign. Uh, And also, whenever he gets asked anything about Hunter, he gets just downright belligerent. And today, by the way, Hunter testified about his laptop, even though we'll find out we don't know if he actually admitted it's his laptop They've actually gone after what's in the contents of it, basically saying those are mine. But somehow they're just put in this generic laptop that someone who looked just like Hunter left at the the guy's computer store uh, and apparently was high as a kite or something, you know, according to the computer repair guy. So we're going to talk about the significance of this day because maybe the floodgates are really, really opening in the Hunter Biden investigation. Meantime, here is Biden with a little bit of clarity as he talked today about the Supreme Court decision. Now, he, of course, was not happy that the Supreme Court ruled that now, guess what? Surprise, surprise, you should admit people on merit, not on race. Uh, And when he was asked, is the court a rogue court? This, I think, is a very shameful comment, I think, from a president of the United States, uh, but at least he showed he understood the question because this is typical Biden. He said, no, uh, this is quote not a normal court. Listen to his response.
2: The Supreme Court has thrown to question its own legitimacy. Is this a rogue of court?
3: This is not a normal court. Should there
4: be term limits for the justices, sir?
1: This is not a normal court. And then he walked off. You can tell his his staff is like, oh, no, he's going to answer something. And they're all like holding their breath like, oh, God, what is he going to say? They should have said, Mr. President, are you president of the United States? Because it'd be interesting to see what answer he gave. Because he might have said, no, uh, uh, I love Iraq. Baghdad is beautiful this time of year. That might have been the answer. Or God save the queen, right? I mean, that's been his comment of late. And here's a little bit more of him reacting to the Supreme Court decision today. Again, uh, not I don't think the right answer, but here's at least him speaking with a little bit of clarity.
3: You know, I know today's court decision is a severe disappointment to so many people, including me. But we cannot let the decision be a permanent setback for the country.
1: And here he is talking a little more about the decision that he says was not good for this country. He says America basically still is a racist nation and this was a terrible court.
3: For 45 years, the United States Supreme Court has recognized the college's freedom to decide how, how to build diverse student bodies and to meet the responsibility of opening doors of opportunity for every single American. <clears throat> In case after case, including recently, uh, just as a few years ago in 2016, the court has affirmed and reaffirmed this view, that colleges could use race not as a determinant factor for admission, but as one of the factors among many in deciding who to admit from a, quali- from a qualified, already qualified pool of applicants. Today, the court once again walked away from decades of precedent and make, as the dissent has made clear. The dissent states in today's decision, quote, rolls back decades of precedent and momentous progress end of quote i agree with that statement from the dissents from the dissent
1: you know sadly that was the most clear i think he's been in the last like year uh the dissent uh the decent oh uh it's a decent day outside I, i mean it it went downhill from there uh and he also took swipes, by the way, at MAGA, his favorite topic. He said uh, that the GOP still has a chance to break from MAGA. Uh, Meanwhile, not saying anything about the Looney kazuni lefties on the other side. They're the greatest, right? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take your calls when we come back.
0: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: All I have to say is what a mess we are in. We have President Biden, who is a gaffe machine left and right, He can't figure out if Russia is at war with Ukraine or if Russia is at war with Iraq. Uh, He's at a fundraiser and he basically confuses the prime minister of India with the prime minister, he calls him, of China. Um, This is really bad. And it is clear that the president at age 80 is just deteriorating mentally and physically. And now even many Democrats are really concerned that he may not be physically fit, uh, to continue this term, let alone run for 2024. 2024 seems like a lifetime away. And I think there are serious reasons. Listen, uh, he's 80 years old. Um, it happens to a lot of people at certain ages, some earlier than others. There are some who are a hundred years old that are spry and sharp as attack. Uh, I had a lunch not too long ago with somebody who was over 100, and she was sharp and quippy and looked like she was half the age of President Biden. And yet it is clear to me, as someone who has known, I've met President Biden many times over the decades, and it is clear he is not the sharp, spry, spunky guy uh, that he has been for many, many years. He's always been kind of sharp as a tack. He's been witty. He's been kind of snarky. Uh, always, you know, uh, very kind of quippy, if you will. And you just don't see it anymore. You just see somebody who clearly is slow, mentally is not all there. He's just degrading. And you could tell he's slurring his words constantly. And it is scary when he's confusing countries and confusing leaders. That's what he's doing in public. There are concerns, I think, of what's going on in private. And I think it's actually downright dangerous. And I think it's important, not just for the Democratic Party, but for America. We got to have somebody who's shrewd and knows what they're saying, especially when you're dealing with a lot of the bad actors out there. And boy, are there a lot of them. You could think about Iran and China and Russia and many more. And do you want to have President Biden in the room if he can't remember certain issues or dates or even what country he's talking to? This is a real problem. Real concern and it's happening more and more. The frequency is very obvious and the degradation mentally and physically is very obvious as well. So where do we go from here? I think the Democrats need to find somebody else for the good of the country. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. What are your thoughts, everybody? Let's go to let's go to Eddie, line three. Eddie, your thoughts.
5: Rita, you know I'm going to call you? I'm going to call you the real Rita Uh, because my Polish-Danish sister, when I met you at St. Patrick's Cathedral, I said, hi, Rita. And you looked at me and you said, Eddie, you knew me from my voice on your radio show. And now I'll get to the subject and topic. Uh, Joe Biden, he is a facade. He's a billboard. And I think they'll give him enough amantadine and methamphetamine to put them up to put him up and make, have him run again, Rita, um, just because he he is like, he's a facade, he's a robot, and when he gets off the teleprompter, you have no, you don't, you know, he said recently, I sold state secrets, he says everything, he, he's he's becoming unraveled, he really is,
1: yeah. And it's, and it's right before our eyes, Ed, just like you said. Um, and, and it's, it's sad. And it, and it really, you know, like at first it was almost like funny a little bit or sad. Um, and I do feel sorry. It is sad. You know, I, I think, you know, it's heartbreaking because we can see it happening before our eyes, but it's also really dangerous. Don't you think Eddie? Um, because when you sit there and you and you see it happening and you think, oh, my gosh, he doesn't know what country Russia is at war with. And you watch his face. It's not just like a little gaffe that he's like, oh, sorry, I meant this. He doesn't correct himself. And yet the White House, the poor White House press you know, staff, the communications team is like, oh, boy, we got to put out another correction or he really meant he was joking. Yet if you look at the tape, he's not joking. Uh, there, it's like clean up on aisle five. Um, Eddie, thank you very much. And I love that voice. That's why I recognize it in person, too. Thanks so much, Ed.
0: The Rita Cosby Show. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents... Back the Blue.
1: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on The Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great law enforcement and their families. A beautiful story coming from Independence Township, New Jersey, where New Jersey police officer Ryan Blankenship recently saved a 91 year old woman from a burning home. The rescue happened in Warren County. Around 2.30 in the morning, one side of the house was on fire with very heavy smoke coming out when officers arrived on the scene. And body camera footage shows Officer Blankenship making his way heroically through a bedroom window and then lifting the 91-year-old woman off of her bed. He then carried her and handed her out of the window to several others at the fire department and also police department who were there on standby. By the way, another officer also helped a 61-year-old woman out of the same home before Officer Blankenship arrived. The Hackettstown Police Department posted on their Facebook that... Officers never know when the next call will come or what that call will be, but they are always prepared. This video gives an insight into the officer's courage and bravery that is displayed every single day. And what a beautiful and powerful story and a great reminder of all the different circumstances that our law enforcement find themselves in, and also great teamwork there. Obviously, great work by lots of officers and also the fire department to save both of those women. Well, we are talking about Joe Biden, who is a gaffe machine every single moment. By the way, also in this interview that he did today on NBC, he said that he has not spoken to Garland on any case He also took a swipe at President Trump saying the GOP still has a chance to break from MAGA. Um, I think he got juiced up because I'm telling you, earlier in the day, he looked like he was like about to like pass out uh, and he still had to fly up to New York, deal with a little bit of New York traffic uh, and then do the interview. That's a long day because usually, you know, he goes to bed around like five o'clock in the evening. So anytime, you know, uh, it was a long day for him. I bet you he slept the whole flight home after he had some chocolate ice cream. 1 800 848 9222. 1 800 848 9222. Let's go to Pete. Line eight. Pete, your thoughts about Biden. This is really scary. His confusion, not knowing which country he's talking about and which country's at war with which. This is, it's, it's nervous time, I think, for many Americans. Well, I was thinking,
6: I got a little concerned because what if he gets the Soviet Union mixed up with Staten Island? And nukes us, you know, and so even Stanford, Connecticut, they gotta worry Syracuse. Yeah, you're and right. All anything Italy. with an
1: S. Anything yeah, with an Italy. S, South Carolina. The whole state of South Carolina's gotta oh, be worried. Yeah, I think of South Carolina.
6: How, nothing could be finer than South Carolina. You bet oh, in yeah, the it was, in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I only thing I don't like if anybody like sometimes I call banks and South and North Carolina and I tell them Please don't say "bless you" a whole lot to me because I know what it. it
4: really means. The code,
1: yeah, so, and, and you "bless know. you" means hint, hint. Uh, uh, I, I'm a really uh how dare you, but "bless you." You know, yeah. it's one of those yeah. that's but one it, of those it, it, nice southern expressions. Oh yeah, could be fine. I love
6: the South. I love going down there. Haven't gone down there in about twenty years, but I'm definitely going to go down to. Uh, you know, to, to for a beach and everything this summer. Yeah. Uh, by the, the way, summer. by the way, there's a
1: huge exodus, uh, Pete, too, as you probably know, uh, from New York and many places to the Carolinas and Florida, uh, especially lately with all the congestion pricing and everything else they're trying to do to New York. Is there anything else they could do to destroy New York? Wow, 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 wow. But I agree, South Carolina. I went to school there, Pete. It's a beautiful place. Thank you very much. And let's pray uh, nobody gets nuked, but you're right. It's scary. I mean, it's, it's funny, but it's scary. It really, really is. Wow, wow, wow. Let's go to Robert, a line two in Suffolk. Robert, your thoughts.
6: I agree
7: Joe is not even ready for the late, late, late show now. Time to go, Joe. And it's it's incumbent upon the House and Senate to remove him under the 25th Amendment.
1: But they won't do it. And you know that, Robert. I mean, that's the problem with all of this, that the Democrats are sort of under this facade um, that, you know, oh, he's fine. Even though privately you can tell they're like, uh oh, and even now, lately, some of them have been speaking out publicly, too, because it has become so apparent. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's really scary. I just don't see them doing anything or changing anything. The only way I actually see them doing that, Robert, is if this Hunter Biden stuff gets really, really tenuous for him. If the Hunter Biden stuff... If they suddenly can get confirmation that there was clear interference by the DOJ and somehow it tracks to Biden or these phone calls. Remember, with the head of the Burisma company, if they can get uh, the phone calls, particularly that are on audio tape, supposedly, again, this is an allegation. But if it turns out that there are these calls between the head of the Burisma and Joe Biden himself, Not just Hunter Biden, but Joe Biden himself, with a pay-for-play scheme and bribery. He's done. He's done. And then I could see them saying, "Well, maybe he's not fit. Maybe he's just maybe he needs to take a little break for health reasons to spend more time with the family." Uh, Right? That. But I think short of that, they're gonna like they're gonna like put as much steroids in the in him and like tie him to a chair to like look like he's like sitting up. I mean, they're gonna put. You can imagine what they're gonna try to do before a debate, because at some point. He's going to have to debate. I mean, is it going to be like Fetterman, like the hello, good night? You know, by the time he does a debate, where is that hello, good night? We always love that, too, by the way. that You know, is this the way that, you know, he's basically going to start a debate? Because, you know, remember Fetterman, the voters didn't really know how bad he was. And he clearly had deteriorated to such an unbelievable degree. Um, and then he gets there, but the voters couldn't change their mind. I wonder if it's going to be the same thing that they're going to like try to get as much early voting, whatever they can do. And then suddenly, you know, then Joe Biden finally shows up for the debate with Trump. And surprise, surprise, he beats him by tens of millions of votes. Do we have our hello? Oh, no, here it is. Here's here's this is that famous great opening speech from John Fetterman and the debate. Hi.
8: good night, everybody. <laughs> Hi. Good night, everybody. Hi. Good night, everybody.
1: Robert, uh, can you imagine what is the debate going to look like when it, when he finally gets there?
7: Oh God, I don't think he's going to make it to, through a debate, much even maybe even get the one.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he can like physically uh, like even stay awake for you know an hour and a half. I mean, especially if it comes to Trump or whoever whoever on the GOP side. Wow, 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 Robert. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go to Pablo in Staten Island. Pablo, your thoughts.
9: Uh, good evening, Rita. I think uh, I'm. I sort of disagree with most people on that call, except for part of Eddie, where they say he's a puppet. That is true. I think the party chose him because he was already compromised, and he would do anything they'd ask him to do. His biggest accomplishment since becoming president is taking apart everything that Trump put in what, from, from uh, foreign policy to energy to transportation, you, you name it. He just wrecked everything it's, and then trying to take credit for improving it. It's like the arsonist fireman setting fire to a house, then going in there like a hero and trying to say, I, I fixed this. I also think he's, most of his thing is an act. He reminds me of the mobster, uh, what was it, Vinnie the Chin Gigante used to walk around in his bathrobe so they he thought he was crazy. And I think he, he, a lot of this stuff may be partly an act so that when they do bust him, he won't be competent to, uh, to, to sit at any kind of trial from impeachment to criminal. I think the guy, you know, he's, he's always been a slick you know, crook. And I, I don't think that has changed.
1: So do you, wait, do you think he's going to be walking around in Like if they pinpoint him, you know, with all of the money stuff, I you predict. think he's going to be walking around in a bathrobe? <laughs> like I remember that famous scene. It was like, oh yeah, he's crazy. God, that guy's nuts. Except think, with Biden, he just has to act like himself.
9: Yeah. The closer they get to him, the crazier and more incompetent he's going to start acting. Because that way he can't go to jail for anything, you know. I I I you know I hate to to say that you know uh, he's although he he seems totally out of it but you know he's also too slick and you know have you heard all that charisma tapes and all the stuff that went back and forth him sitting with these people meeting with them and then lying about it and you know the guy is in and out and say, and he's going to tell you oh, I have nothing, I have no, I don't know what my, my son was doing. Oh, well, what was he doing on your plane going to China and every place else?
1: And and by the way, Pablo, the other new detail, too, is that Rob Walker, who is this guy who was on a whole bunch of boards with Hunter, and also, by the way, also knows Joe Biden, has apparently testified, basically said That Joe Biden definitely uh, knew a lot of these business partners and had met with a number of these business partners. He's on record, apparently, saying that, according to multiple reports. Uh, Also, this Devin Archer guy who was on the board of Burisma, remember that company, Uh, with Hunter Biden, he's expected to testify in about a week and a half. That could be a bombshell, too. They're closing in on so many of these people, but you're right. I think as soon as the things get really, really crazy, Joe's going to put on the rope and the slippers and he's going to be like that famous scene that you're talking about. I think you hit it on the head, Pablo. Thank you very much. Let's go to Susan line eight, Susan, your thoughts. Well, hi, Rita. Um,
6: as far as um what we really need to focus on, yeah, he, if he's uh, acting or, uh, you know, whatever percentage, I mean, obviously there is some real, uh, you know, and this guy had two strokes or something. uh, And, um, but I feel that we're just losing track of every day, this sellout of our country. Now we're going to have offensive, um, Uh, military and missiles pointed at the United States from Cuba, 90 miles away, and they're doing nothing. Now, can you imagine if Trump was in there, what he would have given them like 48 hours or else, this would never happen. This is because I don't even want to use the word the compromised anymore. This is most people say blackmail and he will do anything. You know, that's what, um, uh, Colonel North said a year ago that every people will do anything when they're
1: blackmailed. Well, and that's the thing, Susan, especially when you're dealing with, you know, in this particular case, you're dealing with a lot of sensitivities, too, because you're dealing with his son. I mean, I have no doubt that he loves his son or cares about his son, uh, but he also cares about his hide. You know, and he really wants to make sure because clearly his son knows where a lot of the bodies are buried and the money issues and all these surreptitious bank accounts all over the place. And there's it just it looks so bad, Susan. And just like you said, uh, first of all, if even one percent of what we're hearing is tied to Biden. And let's just say what we know, that we know all this money was coming into Hunter and going to all these other family members through these sneaky little shell companies, right? We know that, all right? So even if that's just, it just looks so bad. And can you imagine if just a small sliver of that uh, was happening under Trump, they would go crazy. They would go completely crazy. And then, just like you said, uh, the seriousness. Why is he giving China such a free pass? You talked about the uh, spy station that's being set up in Cuba, 90 miles off our coast. China sending troops there. Uh, How scary is that? That's really scary. Um, And then in addition to that, the spy balloon, he doesn't do anything on that. He doesn't even take them to task on COVID, which killed um, one million American and, and millions of people around the world, what more do you need to go after China and say, hey, we're demanding that we send in investigators? He didn't do that. He does nothing with China. And you're right. It makes me think that they got something on them. Don't you think there's something really big, Susan, I think that China has on him or his family, because nobody could be that stupid and that reckless as president of the United States and just turn such a blind eye to such blatant security threats. What What is your thought, Susan, on that? Well, listen, I'll go with uh, Rudy
6: Giuliani. He he believes that there's more like 50 million dollars that's going to be able to be um, traced back to uh, to the Biden crime family. And with all these shell accounts. And did you hear him uh Biden the other day? Someone asked him about the oh, it, it, this, um, uh, you know, the, the, the money trail and the shell organizations. And he said in the snidest way, well, where's the
1: money? Yes, because. That was that was chilling to me. Yeah, it was almost like 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 a Cheshire cat kind of daring and saying, yeah, catch me if you can, if you will. You know, it just had this ring of like, hey, so where is it? Ah, I'm just kidding. You know, like you're right. It was almost like it was very sly and very kind of deceptive and that sort of grin. Same kind of grin uh, like the day that, you know, of course, Trump was indicted. And they're like, Mr. President, do you know anything about it? And he has this big old smile on his face. Oh, no. Uh, Yeah, right. I mean, it just uh, he can't hide, I think, some of his expressions and some of his thoughts. And I think that is what he's thinking. Hey, uh, let's see if you can track down the money Uh, because he knows that his son, even though he says his son has, you know, he has no clue, has never met his son's business associates. That's a lie. You see him in pictures. And then you got this Rob Walker guy saying, "Yeah, uh, Biden was definitely in calls. What if you know it's going to it'll be interesting to see Susan where this is going because now there are three congressional committees that are looking into Hunter Biden. You got the Oversight Committee with Comer, who we talked to yesterday. We have the Judiciary Committee that's Jim Jordan who we talked to recently, and also we have Jason Smith, who's the chairman of the Ways and Means I talked we talked with him earlier today um, so you got all these people that are all investigating different layers of it. And they say that they're going to get all these people under oath uh, to determine if there were blocks on the investigation, To track down the money and also all of these business associates, because so many of them say that he was in the room and maybe they can put a, maybe they got some pictures of him. There are audio recordings or maybe they're going to reveal the money trail. Devin Archer is in a lot of trouble himself. And when people are in a lot of trouble and the walls are closing in, suddenly deals offered for immunity. If you give us information on X and X look awfully appealing. So I, I think the dams are about to burst. When you have that many committees looking uh, and when there's that much smoke, there's a lot of fire. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue with your calls when we come back.
0: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: are talking on the Rita Cosby show about President Biden definitely showing some wear and tear. Here is Pulitzer Prize winning reporter Michael Goodwin from the New York Post describing where he thinks the pressure is mounting on the president.
10: It's not surprising that Joe Biden, uh, the, the heat is building on him in a lot of ways. I think there are a lot of Democrats who have doubts about him, <clears throat> not to mention uh, other Americans, and I, it, I suspect that um, he's, he's straining to create some memorable moments to show he's still fit, to, to, to put people at ease with the idea of four more years, but then the gibberish that comes out of his mouth does just the opposite
1: yeah and boy, it definitely looks like just the opposite. He's talking out of both sides, guys. one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two, two. Let's go to Jane. line seven. Jane, your thoughts uh, it is scary and it's concerning.
2: Yes, but Rita, I feel this is just an extension of the, this is like the third term of the Obama presidency. Remember, um, there was a video put out a while ago, quite a while ago, I think, about a, an interview with Obama where he said, oh, I'd be happy to have a third term if I could sort of be behind the scenes and oh, other yes. people could be working. Yep. And I think Biden is just like a puppet on a string. I think this is to keep the attention of Um, us, the conservatives or the people who don't want uh, this kind of Marxism to take over. I think it keeps us talking about all these ridiculous things that Biden is doing every day. And we feel very sad for him, too. So that keeps our attention, too.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. Jane, great points. Thank you very much. Let's go to Henry. Uh, Line four. Is this sort of a distraction?
10: Hi, Rita. Yeah, I want to talk about Biden, but I was hoping uh, you could set a little debate between my friend and I. We were trying to figure out who is the bigger Trump
8: bootlicker, Maria Bartiromo or you?
1: Ah, well, you know what? Obviously, not you guys. That's for sure. That is that is clearer, Not you. And and you know what, Henry? I actually when I'm talking, um, I'm actually talking from all honesty. You cannot with a straight face tell me that you think Biden is physically mentally fit right now just honestly yes or no henry yes or no
10: i i think Florida romo's the bigger all right well i
1: think i think you clearly don't want to answer the question because you know the answer is yes yes yes
0: this is the rita cosby show on the red apple podcast network
1: Later on in this hour, we're going to be talking about the major Supreme Court decision that was a monumental one, outlawing the use of race for college admissions. Do you think we live in a colorblind world? We're going to talk about that because, boy, very different perspectives coming from the court today. But it was an overwhelming majority decision saying that you cannot basically exclude somebody uh, because they don't fit the racial criteria that you want. Uh, it was really monumental and a big, uh, big blow to some of these colleges that have been using quotas um, and now saying, yeah, you want to look at somebody's inspirational story and what they've accomplished and hurdles that they have overcome. All of that is still fair game. But you can't just say, OK, I want X amount of African-Americans. I want X amount of Hispanics. And then you rule against others." including Asians, which were some of the ones who brought the cases against these two colleges. So we're going to talk about that. It is a blockbuster. Also, by the way, uh, today, today, Everybody waiting to see what has come out of a hearing uh, that has taken place because Hunter Biden spoke for many, many er- hours today. He was deposed in a Delaware courtroom and it's in a defamation lawsuit. It's a civil lawsuit that was brought by the Delaware computer repair shop owner, John Paul Mac Isaac. That was the guy who came in possession of the very, very revealing, as you know, there was a lot of questionable stuff, on Hunter Biden's now infamous laptop back in 2019. And he handed it over to the FBI. This comes as all of these investigations are coming. And that's why this is really a pivotal moment. You got Biden, the gaffe machine left and right, as we're talking about. And then also all of these investigations are going on. And you've got three going on in different committees on the Hill. Uh, All of them saying that they're going to bring in a lot of people in the next few weeks for depositions to make sure they get them under oath, get them on videotape uh, a la January 6th committee. Remember they videotaped all the depositions and then they showed highlights later. Well, they plan on videotaping all these depositions, getting them down for the record uh, and getting everybody, officials too as well, if they were involved in a potential cover-up. And Michael Goodwin, uh the great New York Post Pulitzer Prize winning Reporter basically says this moment is absolutely pivotal because there are so many whistleblowers that are credible and that is making a huge difference and accelerating these investigations with a lot of credibility in a big way.
10: Well, I think the whistleblowers are a real game changer here. Um, I mean, you, you, you go back, Rita, and it's only this is happening only because the Republicans won the House and they have put these really energetic chairman into these main committees, you mentioned them all, uh, and they are, they are pushing. They are not standing still, and they are bringing the heat to the president, to the White House, to the Justice Department, to Merrick Garland. And the Democrats, you know, I think are somewhat bewildered by the speed that, that the Republicans have been able to produce these, these whistleblowers. And I think more are in the pipeline. Um, I would suspect that Hunter Biden's partners, uh, a man named Devin Archer, former partners, Devin Archer, Rob Walker, whose wife worked for Joe Biden in the White House. uh, I think all of these people are going to have to, under oath, answer questions, not only about Hunter Biden, of course, but about Joe Biden.
1: Things are getting really ramped up. Uh, and also James Comer was saying he's got all these different informations from bank accounts, all many of them uh, shell companies in the United States coming from these rogue countries. He even brought up Middle East and Africa, uh, saying at some point he expects it might be upwards of 40 million dollars. Uh, that the Biden family received via Hunter Biden business deals. And he says there's a lot of policy changes that he believes are directly connected to the money, a quid pro quo. So it's getting really interesting. And meanwhile, today, As I mentioned, Hunter Biden was under oath testifying in this lawsuit. Uh, This is a defamation suit, again, brought by the computer store guy who sort of kicked all this off. Remember, because Hunter Biden, high as a kite, according to the computer guy, left this laptop there for repair. And all of a sudden, the guy was looking at the laptop that was left there because after a certain amount of time, he says that it's basically it states it's your property at the computer shop that basically it goes back to the computer shop. If you don't pick it up over X time, they basically own it. So nobody shows up. And he remembers this high-as-a-kite guy that he describes who was basically Hunter Biden never comes back. So he pops in the laptop, and boy, he sees more of Hunter Biden than I think the doctors did when they delivered him at birth. So here is today Hunter Biden had to testify in Delaware uh, against this defamation case because the computer shop guy goes says all this time he's been trashing me, saying I'm a liar, I'm not credible, I'm this, I'm that. I just was a computer guy at a comp- repair shop and he left the laptop and I will testify to everything that I've said. He says this is all, you know, he's just smearing him because he doesn't want to admit it's his laptop. And to this day, the, the verbiage is so interesting from Hunter Biden's team. They're like, well, the information in the laptop is not uh, not nice to Hunter Biden. They're not saying it's not not right. And then they say in the laptop, they never say in Hunter Biden's laptop like as if somehow the all these emails and all these pictures and everything just magically popped into a laptop that a guy looking like Hunter Biden drops off at a at a computer store. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, OK, anything else just halfway? Maybe he has a twin brother that we just don't know. Right. <laughs> this whole time. But anyway, everybody's waiting to see what was said under oath. And will we get details of what he said under oath? Did he finally admit that it's his laptop? Something we all basically know. But did he finally admit That it's his laptop. What else did he say? Because the deposition apparently was going on for many, many hours today. And we're definitely going to get a whole bunch of details tomorrow on what was said. Uh, But it could be explosive. Because Miranda Devine, the great reporter there also at the New York Post who broke the laptop story, says that this also opens up fair game because in this deposition, they may have a wide range of the kind of questions that they could ask Hunter Biden. So this could technically be the first time he would be under oath testifying about the laptop and the contents of the laptop. So this could be a really big deal. So take a listen to some of the areas that she says he could have been asked about in the last few hours. Listen to this. John Paul MacIsaac's lawyers will have asked him all sorts of questions. Um,
6: you know, is the laptop his? I mean, we know it is. The FBI authenticated it back in you know the beginning of 2020. Um, and, uh, and questions I'm sure will be asked, such as um, were you lying or was it the truth that your father was in the room with you when you sent that shakedown message to uh, your Chinese business partner for $5 million back in July of 2017 when you were um, at your father's house?
1: That's a pretty explosive question. Wouldn't you love to be one of those uh, attorneys that was on the side of John Paul MacIsaac being able to ask anything at any time? Wow. Uh, And here is John Paul MacIsaac describing what he saw on the laptop uh, that Hunter says was not nice to reveal.
4: I did a deep dive into the laptop, and what I saw was a blatant pay-for-play scheme running out of the the vice president's
7: office. Uh, A lot of money exchanging hands, uh, a lot of money in Kazakhstan, Romania, Ukraine, and, of course, China.
1: So Crazy Henry from Kentucky, who called uh, recently, uh, who seems to think Biden is like, uh, you know, William Shakespeare and what John Fetterman is like the debate coach or something. Anyway, what are your thoughts, everybody? Because, boy, things are getting really messy. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Don on line two. Don, your thoughts.
11: Yeah, hi, Rita. Here's what I predict. Biden will be removed from office next year because of 25. uh, What's that? The, uh, you know. You can remove a president who is not fit. Kamala will become president and she'll pardon all of them.
1: Oh, my God. That is a scary prediction, Don. But who knows? You're right. Uh, because listen, if she does become president, that's the scary premise. People are going, God, Joe Biden is a mess. But then they go, oh, wait a minute. Uh, if he leaves now, it is Kamala in charge. And she has the lowest approval ratings of any vice president in American history since NBC News has been doing the polls. It's the lowest number. So, uh, that's not necessarily something to brag about. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, let's go to William, line seven. William, your thoughts.
11: Oh, yes. My thoughts is, Rita Crosby, I love your voice. It's so special. You know, you remind me of the greatest of all time. But within the thought of what's taking place. Thank you, like by the way, way William.
1: Said, Thank you for that. You're I love your like voice, like too, my friend. Thank Beautiful.
11: you. I'm a comedian, but I'm not going to mock you or mimic you. All the great reporters, Lori Stokes, Sade, Beterinoir, all of y'all are over at ABC. Curtis Lee, Mice, Squeak, Squeak. But I'm going to tell you this. The greatest of all. time is that Donald J Trump knows the greatest movement on a blueprint he created it he know how to deal with these people that are not moving right and who are moving wrong All right, the compass and square is only on the measurement.
1: And and (laughs) by the way, you know he's sort of bobbing. That's a good analogy, William, because he's also sort of bobbing and weaving too. Um, He's sort of like a boxer in the ring, sort of seeing where the swings are. So, William, real quick, where do you think it's going to end up? Do you think we're Do you think we're going to see a Trump Biden matchup? Is Biden going to make it? (laughs) i
11: i I think that you know who's going to win the grandmaster of all time, all right, all right, they did when you pull a when you turn the lights on, that's when all of my scatter, okay, William rest, you are lights.
1: great, you gotta call back again. I love you, William. You are great in so many regards. William's got all these great analogies. I love it. <laughs> you're terrific, William. thanks so much, and everybody will continue after the break.
0: The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: And everybody, welcome back to the Rita Cosby show. Well, according to industry data from 2012 to 2022, fine whiskey as an asset class outperformed almost all other mainstream assets, including equities, gold, bonds, and treasuries. And in these very uncertain economic times, you want something that's secure and something that has a great history and a great track record. And joining us to talk about all of this and much more is Todd Sanders. He is the chairman and CEO of Spirits Capital Corporation. Todd, really great to have you here on the show.
8: Oh, well, thank you, Rita. Actually, uh, this is Jonathan Wolf. I'm the COO. Todd is unavailable today, but I'm filling in for him. Hopefully, I can answer the same amount of questions as Todd.
1: Well, I am thrilled to have you and so thrilled about this company, too. Tell us about cask investment deeds, Jonathan, because uh, this is neat. You have a great company and obviously a whole great uh, bunch of folks there on your management team.
8: Yes, we do. And it is a great company. So uh, essentially what we've done is we've created the ability for the average investor to get involved in an asset class that was previously unavailable to them. And it's uh, new fill premium American whiskey. And like you said in your intro, it outperformed all other economic indices. And it's got a 200 year track record to support that.
1: Yeah, now walk us through also as you talk about the history. It's really amazing, Jonathan, the history of whiskey. Um, It's almost like a history of America. Uh, And I'm a whiskey fan. I have many friends who are fans of it, too. But walk us through how really it parallels the history of America.
8: So, whiskey uh, has been around since America has been around. It was used as a commodity, it was used as medicine, obviously, for its social purposes. Um, It was used actually as uh, as currency, and it's been around since the beginning of America, and it's stayed around. So it's still relevant today, and it's as much American as anything else in this country.
1: Yeah. And you know what? During these times, um, how did it do so well? Um, because there's been a lot of ups and downs. I just talked about the industry data, Jonathan. And, of course, from that 10-year period, there's been a lot of ups and downs in the economy, and we're certainly seeing it now. Uh, how did it do so well? What makes it so special that it's outperforming gold, bonds, so many other things?
8: Well, to be completely candid, and uh, and this might sound funny, but whiskey doesn't seem to have – it's not affected adversely by economic conditions. In fact, people tend to consume more whiskey during recessions, so it's it's essentially recession-proof.
1: Yeah. And it does seem that. Um, and it's also, you know, the other thing that I think is so neat, Jonathan, too, it's also a fun thing to be invested in. I think people are looking for different areas. Um, as you talk about it, it's recession proof and people often consume it more. But it's also just a neat thing. Talk about um, some of the people that are interested just for many different reasons to get involved. They're looking for new ways to expand their portfolio and why it's just an interesting thing, too, as well.
8: Well, the traditional investor who has a you know, traditional portfolio with stocks, they look, obviously, to hedge their portfolio. The, and One of the uh, key instruments is gold, and gold is fantastic. But gold is like a yo-yo in your hand while you're walking up a staircase, whereas whiskey, as an alternative to gold, is more like a hockey stick. It's consistent. It's predictable. It's got a very long track record. It is resistant to recession, so it's a great alternative. It's recession-proof, and it's a fantastic hedge against your traditional portfolio.
1: How did you get involved in the company? Um, Jonathan, too. I know, uh, Todd, who is the chairman and CEO, you're the COO, as you talked about. Todd had, had a, a big diverse history of, of sort of economic investment. I mean, it seems like the folks that are there. Uh, on the board, you and Todd and many others have a long history of real stable investments. I and mean, one of the things Todd's background, for example, as you know all too well, um, you know, he worked with, you know, publicly traded companies, private ones, also um, values of four billion dollars. I mean, serious business people are involved in this. Give us a little sense of your background, too, and what brought you to this incredible company.
8: Well, the short clip note version of it is my involvement is directly because of Todd Sanders. I had a whiskey company. He had an interest in my whiskey company and he offered to buy it and keep me on as COO and help him build this company. And he's got such an impressive track record, so successful in his previous endeavors. It would have been ridiculous for me to turn that offer down.
1: What's the best advice you've given to people about dealing with, like, say, cast investment deeds?
8: Well, if you are looking for preservation of capital, a better than average double digit return on an investment that's completely securitized by premium Newfoundland American whiskey, if you can find an investment that's better than that, please give me a call. Let me know what it is, because I, I would invest in that myself.
1: <laughs> and that's really good advice. Now, listen, insiders are calling it uh, the Hooch Hedge, right? How did it get that name? Give us a little sense on that.
8: Well, it's uh, funny because my children don't know what hooch is, but anybody in our age I'm dating <laughs> myself knows that hooch is a, is a reference to, you know, alcohol and libations and specifically whiskey. So we call it the hooch heads. It's kind of a fun play
1: on words. And by the way, I know what it means, too. So I, I guess I'm dating myself, too, Jonathan. Um, <laughs> there also, you go. I know that folks are listening out there and also want to get more information. Um, tell us how they can find out, because you also put out uh, America's Spirit. Uh, walk us through why that's sort of just a really good guideline for folks out there.
8: So it's a fantastic ebook created by uh, a woman named Trish Mo, and she's fantastic. And it's available for anybody to download through www.caskdeeds.com. And if you thought you knew a lot about whiskey before, when you read this book, you're going to know a lot more.
1: Well, I can't wait to read more about it. I know so many people out there can't wait to. Again, it's C-A-S-K, cask deeds, caskdeeds.com D-E-E-D-S dot com, caskdeeds.com. Again, America's spirit, get the information, find out about the hooch hedge. Uh, and, Jonathan, well, thank you so much. What a really neat thing uh, to be a part of and to learn about, especially in these times. Thank you.
8: Rita, thank you. The Rita Cosby Show on
0: the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
1: And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which we love doing every night on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great military and their families. A beautiful story coming from Tahlequah, Oklahoma which I know is a beautiful place where the Cherokee nation honored an army veteran from Catoosa with the medal of patriotism during the June meeting of the council of the Cherokee nation veteran Alan Earl Ward of Catoosa was recognized by Cherokee nation principal chief Chuck Hoskin jr. And by several others acknowledging his service and sacrifices to the country. Well, The individual veteran Alan Earl Ward joined the U.S. Army on July 23rd, 1973. He completed basic training. And after basic training, he was sent to Fort Hood in Texas for on the job training where he was assigned to the 289th General Supply Company. He trained as a vehicle wheel, a wheel vehicle mechanic. And after completion of his training, uh, was cross-trained in heavy equipment before being transferred to the 664 Ordnance Company. He was also sent on many duty assignments with the 1st Cavalry Division and 2nd Armored Division. Uh, certainly a life of service and how beautiful that he was given that honor. He was also awarded the National Defense Service Medal and also the Good Conduct Medal. He said it was an honor to serve Such a great nation. It was even more of an honor to serve as a Cherokee. What a beautiful, beautiful story. Again, coming from beautiful Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Well, we are talking about President Biden. We're also talking about the economy. I know a lot of you have been asking about that last interview we did. He was terrific, wasn't he? Talking about, of course, everything going on with Spirits Capital Corporation. And again, everybody, you can also check it out online and get information. More on that from Jonathan Wolf. Again, Spirits Capital corporation has all the details. And again, you can get just lots of details on how you can invest your money and do it smartly. Everybody is trying to find smart ways, especially right now in this particular economy. And again, if you want to download America's Spirits, you can go to www.caskdeeds.com. Again, www.caskdeeds.com and look at Hooch Hedge, which I love. It was really wonderful to have Jonathan on and hear all about it and find out all about it, too. What are your thoughts also, everybody, about Biden and also this crazy economy that we're dealing in where we are looking for great and secure investments? 1-800-848-9222. one 848 uh, Let's go to Michael, line two in New Jersey. Michael, your thoughts about all this?
4: Yeah, reader, I'm really angry at you. You have to stop saying that Biden should be taken out of the race and they should replace him. I want Biden to stay in. Look at all the intelligent things he's saying. He's going to build a road from the Pacific Ocean to the Indian Ocean. <laughs> like, that's, by great. the way, you're right. This that's a big fantastic. accomplishment. <laughs> Next thing he's going to say, listen, he's going to build a road or a bridge from the United States to Mars. This man is just the best thing Trump has going
1: for him. I don't want him to leave. I want him to stay in the race. You know, Michael, you are right. He is the gift that keeps on giving. And that, you are You know, Michael, I'm glad I want you reminded him to me.
4: I want him to keep talking. And you want to get rid of him? <laughs> Shame on you, Rita. Shame on you. You hurt my feelings, really. I I had so much faith in you. And, and you want to get rid of the best ally Trump has. Oh,
1: Michael, you are terrific. And I am so glad that you reminded us all of that doozy. Because, yeah, when he said about building the highway, it was like, uh, did he just say that? I mean, it's like you're right. He is the gift that keeps on giving. I just care about the country michael and and I'm telling you it really worries me when I see these doozies like the ones you just recited. Uh, but I hear what you're saying. He really is probably you're right, uh the best ally that Trump could have, given all of this stuff. Thank you very much. You really made me laugh. I love it. uh let's go to Joe line one. uh Joe, your thoughts, my friend.
5: Feeling my love, rapid fire. First of all, Joe Biden has been a thief. He's been a he's been a, a con artist. He used his father to get the the best cars in the um, dealership in Wilmington, Delaware, to pick up girls. He has father paid off doctors to write phony letters to keep him out of the military, and yet at the same time he's employed as a lifeguard. And he sent American men and women, and Italians, Poles people and our NATO troops to their death as the senator as a vice president and he got our thirteen brother American Marines killed in Afghanistan, that stupid bailout The point I'm making is I'm glad the thing that says the Supreme Court overturned this nonsense with with uh, affirmative action. You pick the applicant for his or her skills, it's intelligence qualifications, and you see you see a corruption begets corruption. Kamala Harris fed that. Uh, that hopped away up to the local states or federal. And look what a horrible vice president she is. I do hope I ring, uh, I echo the uh, previous call. I hope that they run him. Who else are they going to run? J.R.F.K. Jr., he has scandals of his own. He drove his own wife to suicide. The bottom line is, he is a gift that keeps on giving. But I'm more concerned. I would like to see the God powers that be force the Kennedys, the rather the, the Cheneys, uh, the Bushes, the Clintons, and and uh, the Bidens, freeze their assets and use the money to help American veterans to house American veterans because they got American and NATO troops in. And one other thing, Rita, my love, 4th of July is coming up. Help an American veteran. Go to a VA hospital, a state VA home, in New York, New Jersey, the whole country. Bring veterans to a picnic. And if they're in then bring them uh, leftovers from the picnic.
6: That's
1: you know what? You, by the matter, way, by the way, Jace, Joe, you really I thank you for reminding that because obviously, with Fourth of July coming up, there is not a more important message about appreciating our veterans. And like you said, going to the VA and visiting and telling these veterans thank you for their service and for their love of this country. Uh, you, you're terrific, Joe. We really love you, and we really appreciate your message and your beautiful patriotism. Thank you so much. Let's go to J.C. in Pennsylvania. Go ahead, J.C., your thoughts.
5: My thoughts are this, Rita. If they could come up with something substantial to prove reason between, for the Bidens, okay, the military has to take over because that cannot be tried in a civil court. That's right in the military tribunal. If that happens, Kamala Harris can't be the vice president because she's incompetent. They'll take her out. Then we got to figure out who's going to be in there. Maybe Kevin McCau- uh, McCarthy.
1: Well, he um, by the way he would by the way JC he would be the uh, third in line, uh, but there's a long way between uh, here and Kevin McCarthy. Uh, But Election Day, you know what, it it feels like a lifetime away and there is a lot that can happen between now and then, but it will go quick. Um, And listen, the whole reason that Biden's even being investigated for all these tens of millions of dollars, the sun and all this stuff, the only reason is because there is a Republican uh, House Republican-led majority House. That's the only reason. And it's basically because of New York, uh, all the seats that New York got in the last election, that is literally the only reason that there's even the authority. Because if the Democrats were in charge right now, I, and all the Houses, can you imagine if, if in the House and in the Senate, if it was Democrat, they wouldn't look at any of it. It'd be like, uh, what What are those $10 million? Let's keep going. Um, So that's why it is so important uh, when you go to the voting booth, guys, uh, to decide, uh, and make sure you pick people that you feel are good, have the best interests of this country. That is the priority, numero uno. Let's go to Patrick in Indiana. Line four, Patrick, your thoughts.
7: Yes, I want to talk about the same thing that he did about Kevin McCarthy being president. Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, should bring uh, charges against Joe Biden for treason under Article 3, Section 3, Clause 2, and against Kamala Harris, under uh, Article Two, Section Four, and uh, I know the and in layman's Senate, terms,
1: that means Patrick. Huh? In layman's terms, you know, because not everybody has the Constitution sitting in front of them. Go ahead. Okay. the The Constitution
7: says in Article Three, Article One, Section Three, that you can't indict a sitting president. But once he is impeached, and it has to go to the Supreme Court, because um, the Democrats in the Congress or in the Senate would vote no that he shouldn't be impeached. But uh, then you take it to the Supreme Court because you got the law there under Article Three, which is all, all about
1: the courts. But but do you know what, Patrick? You bring up a great point because there's a lot of clauses, and certainly, and listen, we're we're still far away from any of that. At this point, um, we have to see what's out there. I think, by the way, there's a chance at Mayorkas, something could happen to him in terms of impeachment. There's something with Garland. If he lied under oath, there's a lot of, a lot of questions tonight about both of those guys. Uh, that's where I think there's some serious, serious issues going on. Uh, let's go to Jimmy real quick. Line eight. Jimmy, your thoughts.
7: Biden has, has a record of being an enemy agent his whole political career. Yeah, so, Jimmy, do office- you think
1: Jimmy, do you think China has something on him?
7: Uh, Yes, but he was a trader before he started taking money, so everybody's looking at the economic crimes. Remember, three times he voted against helping the freedom fighters in Nicaragua. He was put in office by a group called Council for a Livable World, which was founded by a known Soviet agent decades before. It's a whole history here. Biden, Obama, Hillary sold part of our nuclear material to Putin. They built the Silicon Valley, Skokova University, right outside Moscow, transferred enormous amount of our top technology they have a history and record of being traders well and you know one one of the you know
1: one of the things i think of jimmy too as you're talking about all of this is also uh peter schweitzer who talked about some of the uh uranium and all that stuff Uh, that was more tied to hillary uh but there's a lot of levels here that you're bringing up in the history um and certainly a lot of those things will come into play but obviously right now this is a much more serious thing if it's a pay for play with money and especially if it's something that happened as recently as just a few years ago uh that's a really big big deal and that's why let's see where the truth is american public deserves the truth wherever the truth goes that's what we need to know meantime you guys before we go tonight i want to make sure we talk about this big decision it was a monumental one from the u.s supreme court uh asian students sued Uh, In fact, one of them sued Harvard specifically, saying uh, that they were not fair, that they were biased. Uh, Basically, an Asian student who had a perfect score's. Uh, and didn't get into Harvard and had to go to a much lesser school, got turned down, Harvard and a lot of places. And then there were people that were African-Americans or Hispanics that got into Harvard and didn't have the same grades that had much uh, worse grades than this individual did. So they took it to the high court and the high court ruled just a little bit ago, six to three, outlawing race as a decision factor in college admissions. Uh, That is a stunning, stunning decision in terms of the repercussions. I think it's the right decisions because America should be based on merit, should be based on opportunity. I do think uh, people can still write these essays to talk about discrimination or things that they overcame. So I think that does add to somebody's character. There's no doubt about it. I think some of those things should certainly be brought in. And the Supreme Court said that it can. But you can't just on the face of it say quotas. We're going to have X amount of African-Americans, X amount of Hispanics at the basically detriment of others uh, of whites or Asians or others. And in fact, this is the guy that actually brought the case, Calvin Yang. uh, This is one of them actually uh, listen to what he had to say about. Basically, this is one of his thoughts. He's with students for fair admissions, talking about how affirmative action uh,
2: went way wrong. Affirmative action is a well-intentioned idea that is poorly executed in reality. Thus, It is my hope to see a renewed college admission system that recognizes and rewards the multifaceted talents and diverse perspective that each individual can bring to the table. Together, let us embark on this transformative journey towards a fairer, more inclusive educational landscape where the potential of our nation's youth knows no bounds.
1: And let's go to your calls. Let's go one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. 848 9222 Jacqueline, line seven. Jacqueline, your thoughts about all this?
6: Rita, you know, all I have to say is it is about time. There has been too much reverse discrimination as a result of affirmative action. And if I can add a couple of other things really quickly. Number one, to my friend Norman, with his outstanding performance and recitation of his poem, I want to nominate him for a Pulitzer, an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. And LGBTQ, let's get
1: Biden to quit before he nukes Pete in Staten Island. Hey, wait, 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 wait. You know, Jacqueline, you forgot, I think you didn't mention a Nobel Prize because wasn't Obama nominated for a Nobel Prize and he didn't even do half as great of a poem as Norman did? Yes,
6: indeed. Yes, indeed. But that's why you're the host and you have a show and I don't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are terrific, Jacqueline. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. And everybody, when we come back, what do you make of this decision from the U.S. Supreme Court? Is America a colorblind nation? Al Sharpton and many others say this is outrageous. President Biden came out and said this is absolutely the wrong decision. And he even said this isn't a normal court. He went after the court, the high court in the land, and said it is not even a, quote, normal court. He blasted it. Um, Was this the right decision? And do you hope this also trickles down to workplaces and other places? Uh, And what do you think? about this decision. Was this a long time coming? Again, I'm a big believer in making sure everybody gets equal opportunity, especially people, again, who overcome incredible hurdles or discrimination. Any of those things, I think, are extraordinary stories and should go to somebody's character and also helping that individual as much as you can. On the other hand, to suddenly have a quota, uh, a lot of people said it is deeply wrong And I think automatically to at the at the case of basically throwing out these Asian students saying, uh, I know you worked hard. You worked, maybe studied 80, 90 hours a week. It's not good enough because you were not the right skin color. That doesn't seem fair. We got to be fair to everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take your calls when we come back.
0: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Well, many people are coming out and reacting to the Supreme Court decision today. I want to play actually cut number two. Um, This is Al Sharpton. Uh, Who came out today and he said the decision where the Supreme Court said that college admission should be based on merit, not the color of your skin. He says this is not good. Take a listen.
5: Now, last point that really uh, uh, is frightening to me is now in the private sector, corporations, many of whom made pledges around the George Floyd movement that didn't live up to them, can now say, well, we can't consider race in terms of contracts and employment and board members and what we do in the community because the court now is saying it's unconstitutional. This is a tremendous setback that must be resisted by every corner, including the Department of Justice and including states.
1: What's so bad about being fair? The people who work the hardest, don't you think they should be the ones who get admitted? 1-800-848-9222. Uh, who is it? Somebody today said, you know what, uh, if I'm a, going in for surgery, I'm not going to say, hey, uh, what color skin is the doctor? I'm going to say, is he the best doctor out there? Or you get on a plane. I'm not going to say, what color is the pilot? I'm going to say, do they have great experience? You know, I don't want necessarily a, a, a female pilot or an African-American pilot. If uh, they're not the best pilot out there, they're not the best doctor out there. And shouldn't that be the same way that you look at who gets into colleges? 1-800-848-9222. let us go to Sarah, line four. Sarah, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. I'm a big fan. I want to
12: say that I'm a mother of seven children. And I want to tell you that we have felt the reverse discrimination while each one of my children were getting into university. My son got an undergraduate degree in physics, a graduate degree in physics, tried to apply for Ph.D. programs in physics. average wasn't accepted because the competition of white Jewish boys was so limited that it took him two years to get into a PhD program in physics. My other son, straight A student, 4.0 average, undergraduate, graduate to get into medical school, he felt the same thing. So I used to say to my kids all the time when it says, what race are you? I always say they should say that they are an Eskimo, black, half Puerto Rican, and use something else other than just being a white Jewish boy. So we felt it in every single step of our education. I have seven kids, Rita, brilliant, really straight A students, and we struggled every time getting into university.
1: Wow, well I just want to say Sarah, you know, and it makes me so sad because like how do you get recompense after they didn't get into certain schools, but I just want to say to you, I'm a fan of you uh, raising these super intelligent kids, seven kids, Uh, You are a rock star, Sarah. You really, really are incredible. And I hope that now at least justice moves forward. Thank you, Sarah.
0: The Rita Cosby Show.